church membership biblical? Should we continue even doing it? And is maybe partnership a better word? Today on Life Talks, we're going to be talking about church membership, and it's a series that we started a few uh, episodes ago called, Why Do We Do That? And so I'm Ben, you're Dan. I like the way you said that. Why do we do that? Why do we do Why that? Do we do I mean, that's. Uh, I mean, we could probably start our own little branch off podcast on that, right? On Friday nights. <laughs> Why do we do that? Why do we Dan do that? <laughs> so, Dan, church membership. We've been. We talked about baptism and, and Lord's Supper, and I, I missed having those conversations. I wish you were here, Britt Brit and I. You know, we had fun doing it, but I, I always want well, particularly the baptism one because you know me, I <laughs> very strong on that. We yeah. we had two episodes on baptism, so church membership is what we're going to go into today. And I mean, as long as I can remember, Dan, church membership has always been there for every church I've been a part of. I don't know about you, but like, I mean, have you given much thought about it when you were growing up? Well, I, I've actually I didn't when I was growing up, <clears throat> but being in ministry leadership for better part of 40 years, I I have. I've been challenged on it. I've been mm-hmm. challenged on it, quite frankly, by the lead pastor of a church I was on staff mm-hmm. that questioned whether or not we should have it. And um, I've been pretty consistent over the course of my ministry that I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessarily a biblical thing because we see no record of it in Scripture. But to say, okay, we can't have it because it's not mentioned in Scripture, smacks of the regulative principle, which basically right. is the way yeah. of interpreting Scripture that says if the Scripture doesn't say it, you shouldn't do it, like have music yeah, I mean, and so forth. You're not going to find the term church membership in the Bible just like you're not going to find the word trinity in the Bible, exactly. correct? Right, right. But I do think that there are, I would say, a biblical justification, if not a biblical proof. Well, Does and, that make and sense? And I would also add, there is this this thing in heaven called the Lamb's Book of Life, right? <laughs> the ultimate membership list. Yeah. If your name's yeah. not there, you're doomed yes. and damned. Yes. So, I mean, I do think that the significance of a personal commitment mm-hmm. that is recorded somewhere is is something that at least has some level of biblical precedent. Yeah, I mean, when I was when I look at the Bible, I see a couple things that would smack of, hey, there's some record of people who belong, right? Yeah, I mean, look at the genealogies for for nothing else. It's it's a significant yes, record. Absolutely. I mean, we can take it all the way back to the Old Testament. There was a definitely an understanding of who was in the who was in the nation of Israel, who was not in the nation of Israel. And it was a, it was this sign of circumcision, right? right? Um but in the New Testament, you know, you have this idea of Jesus had 12, he had 70. I mean, he knew who was around him, mm-hmm. right? Um in the book of Acts, you see they had you know, five. They added five thousand to their number. They added three thousand to their number. So they were at least keeping track of who is a part of this thing we call the ecclesia or the church. A um, couple other, you know, you have this uh, illustration of the body given Ephesians chapter four, Romans twelve, First Corinthians twelve. This idea of we are members of a body, right? So it's this idea that we belong to one another. Um, and then, you know, I think probably one of the strongest illustrations of church membership is in 1 Corinthians 5 when Paul's talking about the uh, this guy who's having an affair with his stepmom, and he's saying, confront this person, confront these people who are committing this, this egregious uh, sinful act, and if they don't repent, put them out. I mean, you can't put somebody out if there's nothing to— If you're not if in. If you're not right? in. Like, there's this idea of belonging— that I think we we see in scriptures. So, I mean, I see something there that they everyone knew 
who was a part of the church and who wasn't a part of the church, right? I mean, wouldn't you, wouldn't you, doesn't that make sense to you? Yeah, and I mean, I think when we start talking about the reasons that membership's a good idea, that, that those are going to come into play. There, you, you know, every baseball team has a roster. The, yes. The Army knows, you know, there's, the, you register for the, the select service, you mm. know. The, they know because they need to be able to identify you, find you, count on you. Um, I mean, you know, uh, listen, I know this is this might sound controversial today, but we keep records of who's eligible to vote and who's not, right? I mean, yeah, I, you know, we should. <laughs> we should. I mean, there should be a list of you can vote, you can't vote. Yeah. Right? And and so, I mean, there's, there's pragmatic, practical reasons for church membership, including mm-hmm. for churches that are congregationally mm-hmm. led and so forth, who who has the right to have a voice. Right. Um, but the, the other side of that is... We live in a low commitment culture, and a low commitment culture says, you know, I don't want to have any responsibility. I don't necessarily want to have any identity. I want to be able to slip in, slip out Mm. almost anonymously. Mm. And I would ask, for what reasons is that important? And, uh, you know, I've, I've, for instance, approached somebody about a public sin issue, Mm -hmm. um, and and their first response was, well, I'll just withdraw my membership. Therefore, well, no, that's (laughs) not it, right? But the the idea is, if you're a member, you do come under accountability. I mean, and I think that's one of the great benefits of membership. You know, some people are like, well, why, why, why is membership even a big deal? Yeah. Right. Because this isn't like, let's be clear. This is not about membership to a club. Right. right. I mean, I, I think club membership is completely different. Yes. But at the same time, I say there are some things overlap. For instance, I don't know, you're probably not old enough to remember this, but I think it was American Express that used to have an advertisement. Membership has its privileges. Membership has its yeah, privileges. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. And, and so it's the idea, if you're a member of American Express, you've got these different yes. these benefits. Yes. And I, I believe that's true in the church. And I believe that comes with biblical precedence. For instance, uh, it, when, when the scripture is talking about being generous and helping people, and it says, particularly among the household of faith. Yes. Okay. So how do you know who's a member of the household of faith? Well, yeah. obviously there's some list, some, some, yeah. some members. First Timothy chapter five, the yeah. list of the widows that were in the church to take care of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah and that would be the other, that would be the other example in the book of Acts mm-hmm. whenever the, the Helen Jews, Hellenistic Jews right. and, and so forth. Exactly. Uh, widows, you know, they knew who they were and, and, and they knew their origin um, and, and they had priority. Yes, and, and and so I do think that in, there are always limited resources that a church has with which it can take care of the needs mm-hmm. around them, mm-hmm. and the priority in Scripture. And I don't apologize for this. I sometimes get criticized for it, but you know we're not the government. We don't have a printing press in our basement. Yeah. So when it comes time to work with benevolence, church members always get a priority. Yeah. They they're part of the family. Well, and it's that's just the responsibility God has told us to do, yes. I mean, right? Yes. Um, so so you've talked about this, this spirit of individualism, and I, I find today, Dan, that a lot of y- newer churches and maybe younger pastors really bristle against this membership idea um, because they want everyone to feel included. They want everyone to feel like they are up, you know, um, that they belong before they believe. And I, and I understand the reasoning behind some of that, but what would you say to someone who's who has that philosophy that we want everyone to belong before they believe, and we just want everyone to feel welcomed? And 
and we that's why we're not doing membership. Yeah. How, how would you respond? Well, I to think there are two like dangers that? to that. Number one is a watering down of what it means to be a part of a fellowship. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, you know, my my concern is, and I believe this is very true of the Western Church and of the modern church, is that we have a, um, and particularly, you know, I grew up Baptist, but not Southern Baptist. But Southern Baptists for years had these huge membership numbers, fifteen million. Oh yeah, or yeah, whatever. yeah. And 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 somebody finally preached a sermon that I think was very important. Is we suffer from an unconverted church church membership. Yeah. Somebody that you know is on our membership role who may have even been baptized or something uh, but at some point made a decision and then you never see them again until it's time to bury them if then. Or there's a church vote on the pastor. Or the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they show up with a copy of the bylaws, right? But but I I I I think there's this almost like you know you can become so open minded you become empty headed. Well, you can mm. also some become so open armed that it ceases to mean anything. Mm. The other side of that would say this is kind of an American Western culture thing. This mm-hmm. idea of individualism yeah. it comes from the idea that Americans are rugged individualists. Mm-hmm. A lot of our, I mean, one of the reasons why America is so successful is the people that left their country to come to here were adventurers. Yeah, they, they were looking for a better yeah, way. They yeah. were entrepreneurs. Yes, yes, and, and that still impacts our culture and our success and our mentality. Absolutely. So don't tread on me. Don't tell me what I've got to do. Don't restrict me. Um, And so that mentality, but you look at the history of the church, if you go back as far as the founding of the church in Jerusalem, even the early days of the Roman Catholic Church and so forth before the the Reformation um, and all that, I mean, getting into the church was a process. Yeah. It, it, it involved baptism. It involved completing a course. It involved, you know, different things, some of which were extra biblical yeah. and some of which were unbiblical. Exactly. But there yeah. was a definite process. Not just anybody could walk up and declare themselves to be a member yeah, and of I our think, church. And I think that's why, I, I, again, I think it's just this individualism, but what you just mentioned about the Catholic Church and some of the traditions, I think there's also a reaction to some of that, right, what's oh, yeah, going no on right qu- now. You no know question, what I mean? yeah. Because I think that... You you talk about unconverted church membership because I'm, I'm I talked about this in our in our uh, baptism episode, but they they equated church membership with national citizenship. I, it was when there well, was in a, some cases it was yeah in, so, in so, I mean, early days of the church state. So you, you had you had the Catholic Church that viewed it that way, and then when you had the kind of the breaking off of the Catholic Church and the national churches that you know there was a Church of Church of England, mm-hmm. Church of Sweden, Church of whatever. I mean, and so. Their baptism was very much tied to their belonging to the national church. And on top of that, there were privileges of membership. Exactly. Instance, you could not be buried in the church. You could cemetery. get married. You could you get couldn't married get in married. a church. I mean, so there's a lot of things that, but th- what that produced was a, a great amount of people that belonged to the church, but they were they were completely unconverted. Yeah. And and that's part of the problem in, you know, coming from a Baptist background myself, I'm a big separation of church and state right. guy. That's one of the problems with merging the church with the state, which I believe is unbiblical. Right. There needs to be this distinct, distinct role. You know, I'm a citizen of the country, mm. but I'm also a member of the family of God right. and the local church. Yes. So everybody in my family knows I'm, you know, I'm a Burrell. Everybody in my country know I'm a citizen. I've got a social security card and, mm-hmm. you know, I was eligible for the draft. Um, and and then um, everybody ought to know that I'm I'm connected to Life Fellowship Church. Mm-hmm. This is my identity. This is my family. Mm-hmm. And there are three institutions that God founded: the church, the home, and the, yeah. and, and the country. And I believe having some identity with all three is is within the design that God gave us institutionally in order for the smooth establishment of administrative responsibilities within an yeah. institution. So. You talked about, you use that phrase, membership has its privileges. 
Let's go back to that because what would you say are those benefits for someone that's like, okay, Dan, if I, if I join and I become a member, and we're having a membership class this Sunday, and I'm not sure when this is going to be released, but you know, the 23rd of October, we're having a, a membership class. What would you tell someone who's maybe is attending that's just like, well, I love the church, but I don't see the point of membership. What would you What would you tell them? Well, I'll start with this: is um, the wrong question to ask. What's in it is what's in it for me. Mm. Uh, I believe the right question is what can I do? How can I be a mm-hmm. part? Um, and in order to show that I'm serious about wanting to be a part, I should willing to be willing to want to be identified. Yeah, and 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 to say you can count on me. Mm. Uh, I I think if you join a church and don't attend it, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I think if you join a church and you don't give. Yeah. I think if you join a church and you don't volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all of this is part of membership. You know, when when you marry somebody, you make a commitment. Uh, when when you you know have citizenship in a country, you're obligated at a time of war to be willing to sacrifice your life for them. You must pay taxes. Yes, there are things that you must do as a citizen, and I believe that ought to be true within the church. Again, mm. it's not compulsory; it's voluntarily. Right. But I don't think to simply. I, in fact, I think that it's more important because we do it voluntarily than it would be if it was in a compulsory yeah. sense. Yeah. So and and so you know the the, the fact is. We want to be identified with that part of the local body of Christ, which is the local church. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing too is, we want to be able to count on on the the members, but the members want to be able to count on us. Yes. What happens when their house burns down? Mm-hmm. What happens when uh, you know Grandma needs help mowing her grass? Yeah. And what 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 you know? How do we help when somebody's having a baby and they need meals? Right. Um, or they can't pay their bills because somebody's sick. That the the line of first, you know, appeal ought not be the government. Absolutely, I believe it ought to. You know, if you have a earthly, uh, you know, a fleshly family, I think that's the first line. Mm-hmm. But shortly thereafter, ought to, which is why the widows were going to the yeah. church. They didn't have a, a family. They didn't have children or yeah. a, a, the ability to get others to to help them out. Yeah, I think that the, the other issue, and I know you mentioned this earlier, is how important that accountability issue is. Because if someone is a you said, well, I'm just going to move my membership, but the reality is, and I know it's hard to do today. Church, we don't see church discipline happen right. a lot, and I know we've had episodes in the past about church discipline, um, but but it, there is something there that says I think it's one of the greatest ways that we show love, because what we tell people when you're a member here is this: if you cho- choose to go astray and you choose to leave, you know, the faith in any way possible, we love you enough to chase after you. We love you enough to tell you when you're when you're not doing when, when you're when you're going down that path and to and to show you tough love so that you might come back. The whole point is it's not like, well, we don't like how you're living, so you're not, you're out of our club. Like that's not it. The right. whole point is we want you restored to Christ and what you're doing right now is you're bringing you're bringing shame on the name of Jesus with your actions. And so to me that's one of the that that's that's one of the greatest ways that we we show love to one another is keeping that accountability within the church family that say, says we hold our people to a higher standard of, of living. Which is really the essence of family, isn't yes, it? Yes, I mean, absolutely. The essence of family is I'm not going to put up with your nonsense, but yeah. I'm not going to give up on you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and again, it's it, this is not about the reputation of our church. It's about the reputation of Christ. That's the whole point. And I think one, one of the things that, you know, I, I would have loved to have seen what this looked like way 
in the first century when we didn't have all the denominations and all the the muddiness. I mean, it was still, church still had issues, don't get me wrong. But it's so difficult now with all the different denominations and all those kinds of things. So, I mean, it's just sometimes people, I I know my past, when I was a pastor at another church and we did church discipline on a couple, they just went to another church. And when I reached out to the other pastor and said, hey, I want you to know this is what's going on with this person. They were like, yeah, we just don't really worry about that stuff. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what can you do when at that moment? But it's it's very frustrating when you're trying to help someone's soul and they're just they they get a free pass and you know blend into the crowd at another church. Yeah, and and I think that's an indictment on church leadership as well. I think part of the responsibility, it's like being a parent. Yeah. Part of the responsibility of church leadership is to lead well and with integrity. Yeah. And that means if you become aware of someone's blatant public unrepentant sin, you deal with it in the family, but you also don't let somebody else come in here into your flock from another family who is who is a heretic or mm-hmm. who is immoral or is exploitive. Mm-hmm. You protect your flock because the scriptures often said, you know, they're they're wolves who would love to come in and and devour yeah. the, the sheep in your flock. So I th- I think that's an important aspect of, of leadership. Um and, and you know at the same time leadership also needs to to protect the integrity of the values. Um, one of the, you know, at Life Fellowship, we are not a congregationally led church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are an elder led church. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the reasons we believe in that model is because church membership has become so broad in so many churches mm. that you give people a vote whenever they're not prepared to, to, to exercise that vote with responsibility. Yeah. We don't give 12-year-olds the right to vote in this country. Right. Um, and I think we all recognize that at some point, if you give somebody who's not qualified, uh, does not have a stake in in you know the the success of an organization, the right to control the organization, it's not going to be good for it. Right. And so we ask people for their voices. We care about what they Absolutely. think. Absolutely. But we need to be very selective about who actually holds the reins of authority. But this is, again, an, an, an example of where in the Western American church, we have almost melded um, the American way of government in with our churches. Yeah. Because we're, a, you know, a democratic republic, so mm-hmm. to speak, that we think, well, that should be in the church as well. And yet there's no, you know, even even when they were talking about selecting elders and deacons, um, some people have interpreted that, well, they elected them. No, they selected them. There's a difference between electing and selecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, and then there's also the qualifications that are really, really clear. Mm. So when you cheapen membership, when you say, oh, we don't really do the membership thing, y'all come, everybody's got an equal voice. All that thing, all that sounds warm and fuzzy and woke, but I, I, I personally don't think it's healthy mm. um, because there are privileges with membership, but there's also responsibilities. Yeah. Yeah, he, Jesus never, when it was the feeding of the 5,000, he didn't ask them what the, he should do next. Right. right, right <laughs> I mean, yeah. that was that was not yeah. what, what happened. All right, so real quick, we have a few minutes left. What would you say to someone, if they're trying to decide about joining a church membership, what, what kind of things do you think that they need to be looking for in a church? Just because to me, it's like, 
it's this, this the convictional things that we need to be looking for in a church. What are the things for church membership you would just encourage people th- to think about? Well, I, I'm gonna, I would simply begin with the idea of how do they view the Scripture. Mm. Um, they need to be doctrinally sound. They need to be biblically governed. Mm. So to me, those are the two big things. Yeah. Do do I agree with their vision and and uh, mission, mm. which is how they interpret right. the Great Commandment and the Great Commission? Right. So those things need to all align hmm. uh, into it. Um, are they a place where I'm willing to accept their differences hmm. with me? Um, and I think that's important. You know, churches are not unified spontaneously. They're unified because we make a commitment to be unified, just like families are. Yeah. Um, so if if you know nobody gets to quit the family because we went to Wendy's instead of McDonald's on vacation, <laughs> right? So no one no one should be willing to quit the church because. Uh, we sang uh, five praise choruses to every three hymns. Yeah. If that's your mentality, go join another church. Please don't join mine. Right. Yeah. Because w- that's that's not. It's, it's about it's I mean, what you're talking about. That's about preference than conviction. Right. You know what I mean. So the convictions always are clear in the Word of God. Yeah. The preferences. You know. Uh, do we build a new Do we build a new building? Do we have carpeting on the floor? Do we have an orchestra? Do we have piano and organ? All those things. Those are inconsequential. It's like the difference between McDonald's and Wendy's. Yeah. But is the Bible the word of God, hmm. you know, is do we believe in the Trinity? Do we believe in the yeah. return of Christ? Those those are not negotiable. Yeah. So they need to be clear. Doctrine, and philosophy, vision; those mm-hmm. are all things that are very important. And you know, I, I do think though that there, there's a lot. I know we've talked about you know how wh- what kind of church to join, but I do think don't float around it. You know, I guess the biggest thing I would encourage anyone listening to this is don't just attend, join a family because you need that kind of accountability. That encouragement, that protection, that uh, support, and and that's what what a church family is supposed to be. Yeah. It's, it's a true body. And I, I would take it to the point that I would not join a church that has no membership commitment or expectation of its membership, because mm-hmm. at that point it becomes almost a y'all come social club. Uh, we're more interested in our size or. Uh, you know, your comfort than than commitment. And I would even go say this, because I know we're out of time, but I would even say that churches that don't have any any kind of membership, it almost becomes centered around the lead lead guy. Oh, yeah. Becomes a personality. Because once that guy's gone, do the people disperse. Right. You know what I mean? There's no greater thing that's keeping them Right. They're there. not committed to the church or committed yes. to the personality. Yes. All right. Well, I hope that you, uh, you you learned a lot. I hope this was this uh, challenged you to think a little bit about church membership. If you have not joined a church, uh, man, we'd love for you to, to come check us out at Life Fellowship. We have our LifeQuest class that Dan teaches, and um, it tells a little bit about who we are and in, in, in our vision and mission and values. And so, you know, th- that to me is one of the biggest things I would encourage you to do is don't just don't just float. Be a part of a church family. That's this episode for Life Talks. We will talk to you next time. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.